anyway okay it's it's recording cool all right so once again here we go one time for the west side now i'm saying now i mean what it do it's your girl chi and your boy khalil hey. and we got the chi and khalil show so it's post thanksgiving and you know a lot of us weren't able to be around our family yeah and beef in person so we're gonna have some beef right now about some food <laughs> this is what we're gonna do right so number one mac and tree cheese is only for the little kids table because it's i mean it's edible but no if unless you don't have a, like a refined palate like what are you doing mac and cheese it's basically like a quesadilla are you mind you i right love now? quesadillas um but you know it's not like if i had to choose it just takes up space that could be used for sweet potatoes and mashed potatoes and dressing. That's that's my opinion on mac and cheese. Like, but you need cheese you, at Thanksgiving. How do you not have mac and cheese at Thanksgiving? I don't, I don't, I don't. What, what I mean, is you this? can, but it's for the kids, right? It's for the kid table. Like everyone sitting this at the kid table needs some mac and cheese. Everyone it's at the adult table is just out there. It's in the way. What? I don't know what kind. Are you getting I mac and what cheese I out of a box? I said what I said, I'm just saying, I said mac what and I said. cheese out of a box, maybe. <laughs> mac and cheese in general? What, you adding raisins blah, blah, blah. to it? Is that why? I mean, I don't understand blah, blah, what is blah, going blah, blah. on. Number one, um, I, I, my oh, God. culinary <laughs> palate can't. is very well exposed to a wide variety of things. So mm-hmm. every time I bring this up, I'm offended by people thinking, oh, you just never had good mac and cheese. Well, make it You've never you. had it's good trash. mac and cheese. Blah, bruh, blah, blah. bruh. How can you not have... I don't, I don't understand. I'm not saying like it's the greatest thing I'm on earth. Saying, I'm, I'm not, well, but I'm I mean, just saying. I'm countering all these people talking about it's more important than the turkey, right? Because obviously they've never had a smoked mac turkey. Mac and cheese is not more important than the turkey. Exactly. Yeah. I'm so sorry. if you had a smoked <laughs> turkey, like, yeah, mac and cheese is on the kitty table. All right. So next bullet point... <laughs> All the greens are straight I'm mad you got Wait, wait. I'm mad you got bullet points on this. <laughs> so this is another one that's probably going to be more controversial than don't hit your kids. But collard greens are trash, like straight trash. They taste like garbage. And then you'll be like, oh, you never had it good. I'm like, yeah, you've, I've had it with oxtails and like bacon and other things. And yeah, the bacon part tastes good. But then it's just trying to cover up the trash taste of collard greens. Okay. You just have to rescind your half black card right now. <laughs> so next bullet point, like, okay, people don't understand the difference between stuffing and dressing, right? And they have all these little like memes about it and blah, blah, blah. And they're dragging your girl Kamala for her apple and sausage dressing, which is actually like, I've had one of those before and it's actually good, right? And also, yeah, I don't understand why totally. people are acting like apples and sausage don't go together. Like they Exactly. Make, they make sausage with apples in it. So, and everyone eats it. So and everyone not, eats it. Just calm down. Right. But anyways, and they're like, oh, that's because Always sold out at Whole's Food. That's, you right. know. <laughs> exactly. Foods. And they're like, oh, she's making stuffing because you're adding all this extra fruit and blah, blah. No, no, no. So the only difference between dressing and stuffing is where you bake it. So stuffing is stuffed in the bird and you bake it yes. in the bird. Hence and dressing, stuffing. you bake on the side. But the ingredients in stuffing and dressing are the exact same. It's just where you end up baking it is the difference. So, so hopefully people now are better educated on the difference between stuffing and dressing and can quit doing the little stupid memes about your girl, uh, like the Aunt Viv's like dressing and stuffing and try to act like stuffing is inferior. And the best is like, I've seen someone say that stuffing was so inferior and has all this other garbage, but then went on to say that she only makes 
her dressing inside the turkey to make sure it gets all the turkey juice. And I'm like, yeah, you've been eating stuffing, girl. Like you talking all this trash about stuffing and you're eating stuffing. You're making stuffing and you're eating stuffing. So people were mad that Kamala called it cornbread dressing? Yeah, because they're like, oh, you can't put apples in dressing. That's stuffing. Oh, my gosh. I can't. And it's, I mean, and it's a classic (laughs) recipe. Like, it's not actually like a unique recipe. Yeah, exactly. It's just a classic recipe. It's nothing special. Like, a lot of people (laughs) eat that. Like, it's in the, you know, you know about the book, The Joy of Cooking? Mm -hmm, I have it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... Her recipe is basically the same one out of out of there. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. isn't right. that it? <laughs> and the main thing I want to say, the main, but I actually have beef with her recipe though, because this is one thing I'm gonna say. Because stuffing or dressing, because she baked it for 40 minutes. What? No, no, <laughs> stuffing or dressing like actually takes a lot of culinary skill to get it right. Like you have to mix a lot of different things. You have to get the moisture right. To balance right. the flavors. Yeah. Totally. Right. And you have to get the moisture right, and it's different. You can't mm-hmm. really do it all the time because like when you're cutting up like onions and peppers or whatever and sauteing it like it ends up with a different moisture level every time yes, right every and time. then also mm-hmm. like your your bread is going to have a little bit different moisture level so after you put it all together like you have to like make sure it's just right right mm-hmm. perfect before you put it in the oven and then when you take it out etc right right so if you have to do all that there's no way in hell you should be making your damn cornbread from a mix, right? Like if you can't mix up cornbread, you have no business trying to make stuffing. That's all I got to say. If you can't make your own cornbread, just get your stuffing from a box, okay? Let's Tom Foolery start with a cornbread mix. What kind of garbage is that? Like what? Make know. your cornbread from a mix? Like it's not I that hard. Know. Like it's flour, bacon powder, <laughs> like eggs and milk. You mix it up like why, why do you got to get a box? And because you can't measure out baking powder, because all that's in the box is flour and baking powder. Flour and baking powder. Right. And, they, <laughs> yeah, and then they usually throw a bunch of sugar in, too. But like, it's no, not... I mean, I don't think they throw enough sugar in. Like, my, my sister in law is like, she is queen of Thanksgiving. And, and we were laughing about the first time that she, she had made some, like, of the side. I, actually, I think she had made the Thanksgiving dinner. I wasn't there, I was on call. But, um, the cornbread mix. She she. T- <laughs> so my family, <laughs> my family is from another country, right? Like we were all born and raised here, but just just understand. So just take that into context. So the cornbread. Nice. Okay. I'm just saying the cornbread that Jiffy um Jiffy box. You know, <laughs> you just make what it's follow the directions, and that's how you do it. <laughs> so my sister in law comes. And she doesn't follow any of the directions. She takes the box. She starts adding more milk than the directions ask mm-hmm. for. She's adding sugar. She's adding all of this stuff. The bombest cornbread on the planet. Like, I didn't even know you could, like, go outside the box. Like, that's how, like. But, but the thing is, like, all you have but to anyway, do. But anyway, I say that because it was, you can make something out of a Jiffy corn box, cornbread box, whatever. But there's no need. Like, okay, so. So I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out to Albers Cornmeal because that's what I buy, right? Okay. <laughs> and it's the same thing. So like, like you got the recipe on the back of it, right? But mm-hmm. then of course, like I got to make some substitutions, right? Because that's, that's what our people do, right? Mm-hmm. So like it tells you to use like cooking oil for the fat, right? And then half cooking oil, yeah. half mm-hmm. butter. So I just mm-hmm. go all butter, right? So I just get the equivalent of that much cooking oil, go all butter, right? And then it's going to talk about some, use some like 2% milk. What? What? Two percent? Huh? No, half and half, bro. Half and half, or whipping cream. Oh my god! 
can't, is can we go back to the collard greens amazing, though? Can it we? is the most amazing <laughs> cornbread like you have ever had. It's nice and silky and smooth and and smooth. Um, wait, wait, wait. What? <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean by smooth? Like a smoothie smooth or like no, like it's like cake. You know, like you know, like you know how cornbread is a little gritty, right? Yeah. But like the yes. inside of this cornbread, because there's so much butter and cream, like it's silky smooth. Like it is. Okay. I can't even okay. describe it. Oh, actually, you've had it. Remember with the ribs? Well, you probably was just distracted. Cause no, the ribs. The ribs I, yeah, the ribs yeah. took over. Like, yeah. whatever the cornbread was. Like, I still don't think anybody makes cornbread better than my sister-in-law. Like, I was just like, what did you do? Like, <laughs> And then she told me, and I tried to replicate it. It came out like bricks. Well, I'm kidding. Know. It did not. No, you're, but... good at, you're good at other things. You know, you don't yeah. have, okay, it's not your forte. It's okay. You know what? You just, you just yes, it man. is. You need to find I'll make a feast. Cook. Yo, I made sushi for Thanksgiving. There you go. <laughs> All right. That's different. It's different. It's so different. Wait, but let's go back to the collard greens though. Like okay, the trash. I, okay. okay. No, I'm 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 not completely in agreement. I wouldn't call the it trash, but I don't I don't understand the I don't understand it. I don't understand the fascination with collard greens. It's just there's a there's a taste to it that it's not necessarily bad, but it just doesn't agree with me. Yeah, but trash. I will have mustard greens. Those I'm like every time I'm always in the store, like looking for mustard greens, and it's like it's only in the shop right in the Bronx. Like that's literally the only place I found it. Whether in L.A., New York, Connecticut, whatever, it's like the shop right in the Bronx has a mess of mustard greens, and I'm in there all the time. I haven't seen it anywhere since. But oh my gosh, you can make that even with just turkey bacon. Or now that so I'm number vegan, one, there's no like such thing bacon. as turkey bacon, okay? It's turkey strips. Okay, you know. It's a lie. Ain't no bacon, ain't no <laughs> oh part of bacon God. in turkey bacon. It's not from why? it's not why from today, that Lord, good. Why today? <laughs> I'm just saying it's not from the turkey belly that they're making it. It's just all the leftover parts. But anyway. How you know? How do you know? Because I know they I'm just get all the that right now. Parts. Where does turkey bacon come from? It's just the leftover parts. They're turkey strips. And bacon actually comes from pork belly, like the fatty fat yes. fat part. Right. They don't use that for turkey strips. But anyways, so I'm not trying to like shame vegetables. Like we should eat more vegetables, et cetera. Yes, all the we time. should. But yes. on um, mustard like, greens. Yeah. Thanksgiving and Christmas. Like I don't got room for that nonsense. Like I'm eating sweet potatoes <laughs> and mashed potatoes and gravy oh, and turkey and ribs. Cause I made ribs too. Um, oh. And I'm eating dessert and all the fruit that I'm getting is going to be in the pumpkin cheesecake. That's in the lemon meringue pie. And oh. that's okay. I that's all I got to say about that. Oh, but also I got, no I got the veggies. In the, I got the veggies in the dressing. The pumpkin is a fruit, isn't it? No. <laughs> so well, I guess it's a gourd, huh? Yes. Yeah, whatever. Well, it's a veggie. <laughs> Which vegetable. is a vegetable. Even better. <laughs> Even better. I'm eating veggies. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but also in my With dressing. Sugar. In my dressing, there's a whole bunch of veggies. So I guess I'm getting my You mean the salad dressing or like you mean the stuffing? <laughs> I don't put it in the bird. I cook it in the... In the, its own pan, so it's dressing. <laughs> Full disclosure, when you were talking about dressing earlier, I was like, what kind of apple sausage do you put in a bottle and squeeze over salad? <laughs> <She's sorry for laughs> Early in the morning, you haven't had your coffee yet. <laughs> There's this song called Early in the Morning, Early Morning, I Will Rise and Praise Ooh. My Lord. That's she, what she for said. Someone, for someone who can sing, like you just sounded horrible. Because so that's the thing, you can actually sing. And that was worse than my singing. I don't. Worse do than you last over? week. I mean, it's hard to do, but you just did it. 
hard to do, but you just accomplished it. Oh my god! (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) So anyways, that's a good segue, since you said, like, you're revoking my black card, right? Because there's a lot of foods, like, I get. I get that on. We went over most of them, mac and cheese, collard greens. I'm not going to talk about chicken wings right now. That's another topic. No, no, that's not. (laughs) (laughs) So we were going to talk about how race is a social construct and has no genetic basics, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because someone asked me if I, what I'm going to teach my kid about race. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to teach him that. Why? Why did they ask you that? Because we were talking about, it was a, he's doing a podcast about being a dad. And, and okay. we were talking about like, you know, raising multiracial kids. He's, he's multi-ethnic. Mm-hmm. He's a multi-ethnic kid. You know, same as me. My kid's a child of the world. Yeah, clearly, so, clearly. Right, he's not going to fit in any box. Like when you mm-hmm. try to tell him to check a box, he's going to be like, can I, I can either check all of them or none of them because right right well, he, and he's even even better because like because are brazilians hispanic or not right 100 percent good question and exactly. i don't think I, anyway right. yeah it's all it's, it's all yeah. nonsense anyway so anyway so what so like some people are on this whole thing like we just if we just stop talking about race it'll go away like morgan freeman's on that nonsense a bunch of people are on that nonsense right so i'm gonna teach my son that race is a totally made-up social construct It doesn't Mm -hmm. really mean anything in real life. Like there's not real differences in people outside of, you know, how much melanin you have based on how close you were to the, the equator. So how much sun exposure you get, the more melanin you're going to have and darker you're going to be, et cetera. But anyways, whatever. But there's not really a real genetic basis of any of the other determinants that people put race on. But also race is very, very, very important because people are really treated differently based on their race. And it has a lot of effects on their life. Right. Because it's based on these cultural, not even political, like, like the categories that have nothing to do with you as a human. It's just a way of categorizing you to justify whatever sort of action that's about to be taken. Like, it makes no sense. Like, honestly, like you're a scientist. I'm a scientist. You look at the facts, right? You look at the evidence and say it supports this. This whole idea of race is like, is, is pseudoscience. It's, act, it's literally pseudoscience. It's mi- not even misinformation. It's alternative news, right? Because it's suggesting that just because of the way somebody looks on the outside, like literally how much the sun impacts the color of their skin is now going to determine their physiology, their medical makeup, like, or their, their health, their everything. And it has nothing to do with it. Like literally nothing. So I don't. So in this case, I don't know why we keep talking about it. You get what I'm saying? I'm like, I don't understand why we keep using it as the, as the the reason for all of these problems. And we know that the pr- reason is not race; it's racism, and that racism thrives on race, the idea of race. We have to get rid of something like we have to get rid of this whole like race construct if we're really going to have a, a serious discussion about how mo- how we move forward. Exactly. Especially since you're supposedly purely African and I'm still more tan than you. You know what I'm saying? I am. I am one. I did a 23 and me in my dream the other night and it came back 100 <laughs> percent Ebo. Wait, time out, G. Time out. I'm just <laughs> No, but for, but for real, right? Like I, I remember growing up and saying, and, and saying out loud to myself though, like, I don't understand. Wait, come out. out loud to yourself? Yes. 
<laughs> Meaning I was talking to myself, okay? All right? Okay. I talk to myself because there is no one to talk to. People might ask me why, like you, why I do what I do, but I do it, okay? I'm glad you didn't sing it because you weren't, you're not in the singing mood today. <laughs> Clearly you not. Haven't warmed up. You haven't warmed up your voice. Anyway, so so I'm looking at like my Indian friends, Indian Southeast Asian friends who are darker than anybody in my family, but have straight hair. And as a young kid, that's when I realized that's the difference. They treat us differently, not they Southeast Asians, but you know, America, white America, because of our hair. Because if it was really about the color of our skin, <laughs> then these people <laughs> over here should well, really be black, right? Well, there's, right? Other, there's like in the race theory, there's a whole bunch of other like random yeah. features, random um, stupid, right. just yeah, distinctions. Yeah. Yeah. Like the side, like the face, like the way your how full your lips are, your nose. Mm-hmm. The slant of your eyes, how round your eyes are. And that's the other thing about noses. because, And this is going to sound like, this is going to get real sensitive for some folks, but Black people don't have the biggest noses on the planet. And how do you decide what is big? That's all I got to say. That Roman hook nose, I look at it and think that it's big too. There are plenty, like, no, this this is why, this is. the shape of the nose, not the size. Oh, shape. shape, not the size? Yeah. But doesn't shape inside. Sometimes they go together, right? Like you Sorry, can have a wide nose and not be black. I'm just, I'm just saying. Listen, l- listen, listen but to, you, listen to my theory. Like, when you, I, I'm listening to your theory. What I'm saying is the shape of the nose. <laughs> so, like, if you look at my nose, people will think of it as more of an African nose. Um, so mm. that's part of the way that people like will tell that I'm of African descent versus Indian, even though people get confused because I'm kind of ambiguous. Yeah, you look more Middle Eastern than Southeast Asian, but okay. <sighs> Middle Eastern is African, so North African. You look North African, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that a lot. I'm just, I can mm-hmm. just be whatever brown people associated with around the world. Right, yeah. right. You Depending technically could. That day. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. then if you start speaking Spanish, then all of a sudden you're something different. Like, and, and this is this is the theory that I have. Real confused. There's a fixed number of physical attributes on the planet, and they were thrown up and tossed into the air. And that's how you got all these different people, right? Like you can get Asian folks who look black. Like, and when I say black, I just mean the stereotypical size of nose, lips, all of that kind of stuff. You can get black people who look like they're Asian, but there's no Asian, like whatever you call it in their 23 and me. That's literally because there's a fixed number. Some are more dominant in certain, you know, ethnic groups and whatnot, but clearly it's not just one group that owns like this particular thing and that's a genetic difference and therefore you should treat them differently. Well, well that's the other thing that, that these articles really brought out is that there are like, there's genes that are more common in different races, but it's not like that whole race has that gene. So if you're talking about like the supposed African nose, not every person of pure African descent has the stereotypical white nose. Exactly. Just more people than not. And the same thing with yes. the, you know, the Roman hook nose, like you're saying. Not mm-hmm. every Italian person has the Roman hook nose. Right. It's just more common in those people. But the funniest thing is that, well, not the funniest thing. The thing that I like the best is that beauty is always like based on averages. So you're supposed to look not as extreme. And that's why mm. I'm so beautiful because I'm just average. average. Right. You're welcome. <laughs> so you mean because I'm above average beauty, now I'm not worth anything? I I, I take offense to that. Are you above average? You know what? <laughs> Move on. 
I'm just asking. I'm not, yes, I'm not, I am, actually. Okay. Yes, I am. Okay, I've always been. I wasn't mm. questioning. It was just confirming. I was giving you the opportunity mm. to conf- reconfirm. I, and I confirmed. I confirmed. Okay. <laughs> Stay humble, folks. Stay humble. Stay humble. <laughs> oh, my God. One of the things that, um, you know, drug companies, they'll say like, oh, this particular drug seems to be good in African-Americans more than in, in white people or this works better in people who are white versus black. Like whether you're talking about like high blood pressure, kidney disease, those kinds of things. And, or the reason why the drugs are are working better in one population versus the other is not necessarily because of race or the social construct. There's something else that's happening, right? Like there aren't there black people who have cystic fibrosis? There are, or there are white people. I remember seeing white people in the um, sickle cell clinic. And I was yeah. like, oh, this is interesting. What's that about? <laughs> Cause it's not, it's not like, then somebody might say, oh, they got black people somewhere way back in their family tree or something like that. But again, to say like all of these, to say that this social construct is what determines our biology is false. Right. So we just need to get rid of it. We right. just need to get rid of this, of this construct. And then everything that perpetuates it or is perpetuated by it. Racism. <laughs> That's it. That's 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 my time that's for today. Yeah, that's it. Yo, you see your boy Trump in his tiny desk? Oh my gosh! It was like he was getting ready for his um NPR tiny desk debut. Well, and NPR <laughs> tiny desk is bigger than that, though. <laughs> you gotta start small. <laughs> you gotta start. Small. You gotta start tiny. Oh my gosh! Well, Somebody a posted thing. a meme like uh-huh. how it started him in in the Oval Office with the big desk, and then how it's going the small desk. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's obviously people in his team that are purposely just fucking with him. They're trolling him. Because, like, if you saw, like, when you saw that, the whole setup, like, the Christmas tree, I don't have no lights, no decorations. Like, (laughs) wait, that was a Christmas tree? Yeah, (gasps) the Christmas tree. The The carpet carpet was, oh my God. Right. And then you put that little tiny desk there, and he's just sitting there all awkward. (laughs) With his boom mic, like, (laughs) and the little light. Oh my God. I laugh because I'm like, yeah, that's that. Somebody was playing with him, and that's really mean. That's really mean. It's not, though. Like, what else are you going to do when you're dealing with this kind of tomfoolery, right? (laughs) That's how you end up at Four Seasons Landscaping. (laughs) But for real, though, he's the president of the United States. How did he not? say no this is not what's happening like this is this is now like he's letting them make fun of him well he doesn't like i don't know how you can be a dictator and allow that to happen because he's not paying attention right he's just showing up and be like oh i mean because he's not he's all he's good at is bullshit he's also just good at bullshitting ignoring the reality right so probably the whole time he's just ignoring the whole tomfoolery of that whole setup right wow then he doesn't mean to lead anything. Then he he's not even, he can't even be, he's not even a real dictator or real authority. No, he's like not he's not. No, he's trying to be. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. trying to be, but he can't even get that right, which is which is good for us, right? Like to, for, oh, to a certain close, extent. But he like, came close. Like he, he no, he's come close. really close. Yeah. I'm just surprised that for a re- reality TV guy, somebody who's made his sort of brand off of what he could do with the media, not understanding the optics is just fascinating. Well, he still had to like, you know, put the reporter in his place and say like, hey, I'm the president. You don't talk to the president like that. You're nobody, okay? <laughs> Wait, he said that? Yeah. <laughs> How many more days do we got left? <laughs> just, I'm like, 
We but have less than a month. We have less than a him, month. Because all he asked him was just like, like you know, like there's no evidence to support your little fake electoral claim. He's like, why do you keep repeating it? You have no evidence. He's like, hey, you don't talk to me like that, okay? I'm the president of the United States. <laughs> yeah, then act like it, bro. We got like now over 13 million coronavirus cases, 265,000 people right. dead, and you want to be you the president of the United States. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's going to be a whole lot more because, you know, people had to have their dinner parties for Thanksgiving. I understand it, bro. I don't, mm-hmm. un- I, I really don't understand it. Like, I don't. I actually, well, I actually it's, don't. It's like, you know, how the people like, there's a lot of memes, but. One of them I want to start is obviously these people have never been in medicine and have had to miss a holiday with their family because they're acting yeah. like, oh, if I don't see all of my family on yeah. Thanksgiving, like the world yeah. is the end. Like, and it's, it's not it's, true. It's going to be okay. The world goes on. It goes you, on. Sometimes you find out it's more fun without your family. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember my first Thanksgiving that I couldn't go home. I was on call. Um where, what was I? I was doing nights or I was on call in the ED. I can't remember. But um, but one of our friends who is actually based in uh, like her family is in Pittsburgh. She had like made this whole feast and brought it in for us. So that mm-hmm. this was long before the pandemic. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, how did she get in with a mask? No, she didn't. But anyway, she, 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 you know, brought this like plates for us to eat. And that was really nice. It was like it was quiet, too, because, you know, pediatrics like that day of you're not going to get anything it's the evening into the next morning and next day where all of like the dkas will start coming the diabetic ketoacidosis and other things related to having too much fun atv accidents all of that will come in but that night it was relatively quiet it was kind of nice i was like okay (laughs) well um i liked eating during christmas i guess i know how to make all my mom's dishes now so yes you were practicing in med school i remember that (laughs) <laughs> no, I do. I do. I remember hot chocolate, pineapple da- um, upside down cake. You know what? In fact, here here's how I remember hot chocolate because you're the one who taught me that you could actually use Hershey's cocoa for it. I come back. <laughs> I come back to my mama's house. And <coughs> Sorry. Wait, are you laughing or choking? Both. <laughs> Both. I come back to my mama's house. What do I see in her pantry? <laughs> From like 2009. Like some <laughs> No. Uh, that, br- that brown canister of Hershey's okay. cocoa. Right. <laughs> because I wanted to make it like how you would show me. Because like, mm-hmm. look, all you do is get a carnation pack, throw some milk on it, and call it. You're like, no, that's not how you do it. Like, okay. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, that was funny to see. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> then I threw it out. Because it was like over a decade old. <laughs> oh, it's fine. It's fine. Cocoa don't go bad. No, it's I opened okay. it and I saw it. I saw like everything had clumped into little balls. I was like, I don't care if that's oh, okay. No. It's going in the it's trash. Right. Oh, poor, oh poor my Coco. gosh. Poor Coco. That was funny. Too I was at a grocery store or whatever. And um, there was a young lady who was nice and we were like talking or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I saw a bunch of Swiss mix, like chocolate <laughs> packets in her, her like, you know, basket. And I was like, yeah, this just ain't going to work. It just ain't going to work. <laughs> no. Our taste buds just aren't compatible. You're not compatible. <laughs> I thought you had the Swiss Miss. Was it the one with the mini marshmallows? I don't get no, that. I don't know. Dehydrated mini marshmallows. I, I mean, when you're a little kid, like little kids think it's great, right? Little kids. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. 
So maybe but I'm you've already maybe she was getting her kids. Son, right? Maybe she was just getting her kids. So <laughs> no, no, no. But you don't feed that to your kids. So you're like, yeah, this is really well, not going to work. Well, we have a bunch. Like so, no. Like we've we've made it straight from like the you know like straight chocolate, and he gets really excited mm-hmm. about that. You have the mix of chocolate, and milk, of sugar, and yeah. all that stuff. Um, but no, we have a little like not it's not the like Swiss Miss, but it's a different pre-mixed like chocolate hot chocolate mix. Um, pre-mixed. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, like the little canisters of like, yeah, it's basically yeah. like cocoa and sugar mixed together. Huh. And then you get like the little scoop and you put it in a cup and you put the milk in and then he stirs it up and he gets really excited. Wow. Yeah. But no, he used to like the, but it was funny because sometimes like we ran out of that. So then I had to get the real cocoa out and then do the sugar. And he actually likes that better because there's more steps, right? So there's more things. He gets uh, I see. Yeah. That's so cool. But then his dad likes the shorter version because it takes doesn't take as long. <laughs> of course, right? Of course. Of course. Single dads are tired. Single dads are tired. They're tired. <laughs> rough out here in these streets. Oh my gosh. Um here we go with BLM before it was BLM. She's she's gonna bring us a little bit of history and relate it to today. Let's go. One. So, so y'all, I, I was going to bring to y'all Ruby Bridges. If you don't know who Ruby Bridges is, um, she is the, I would say the young lady, but she was six years old when she became the first child to desegregate the all-white William France Elementary School in Louisiana during the New Orleans school desegregation crisis back in the 1960s. She was born essentially in the middle of the civil rights movement after, right after the board of um, right after Brown versus Board of Education was held up uh, by the Supreme Court. Okay, great. Went on to be a symbol of the civil rights movement because this is a six-year-old integrating um, this all-white parish in New Orleans. And I thought that would be a great story to tell to talk about, you know, education and the tracking that you might have heard Khalil and I talking about a few episodes back, and like how the system still even now. Uh, looks at us as separate and unequal and unable to achieve certain successes that they might think other ethnic groups um, are able to do better for whatever. Yeah, and I'm going to break in real quick because I had another mm-hmm. little thing. This reminded me. So one of my friends mm-hmm. who are both physicians mm-hmm. who have their kids in this ultra private school, they're Puerto Rican of African descent. So their kid mm-hmm. is African-American that has a yeah. Puerto Rican name. Guess what he got detention for? And mind you, he's 12 in middle school, like sixth grade, right? He got detention for not believing in Santa Claus. I'm sorry, what? The teacher asked him if he believed in Santa Claus. He said no. The teacher went on to tell him how sad his life must be and how it must be a miserable existence and that he has detention for two days because of that. So... She's saying that his sad, miserable existence because of his lack of belief in Santa Claus. What? No, yeah. it, like means that he should then go to detention and now have a sad and <laughs> pitiful existence in a detention hall. Well, also, like it's the sixth grade. They're not five. Right. So it's not like he ruined the life of five year olds. Right. Forget that. That's common sense, right? Like that's but, just. But also, uh, she also, like a couple of weeks ago, said racism doesn't really exist, and it's just used to make a whole bunch of nonsense, make a bunch of excuses for people. But can't okay. see how her 
giving extreme punishment to a black child is racist. I, wow, I am speechless. Okay, let me ask this question. Did the parents say anything? Oh, are, yeah, they're, are, they're, um, they're having a special extra meeting with the dean and blah, blah. But they have to do this on a regular basis for their kids because there's the kids are the only colored kids in the whole school. And, 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 and. Is this a private school or a yeah, public school? private school. They're paying, you know, all kinds of G's per year to have their kids there. To have their kids there. Mm-hmm. I am hurting for this young man. Mm-hmm. I am mad. I am mad that there are people who go home and watch the news and listen to their NPR and talk about jazz and come to a school and see two kids that may be tanner than the rest of them and treat them like they are nothing. Yep. And mind you, they get the highest grades in their class. I, of course they do. Are you kidding? (laughs) That's not even, that's not even like you need to do 200% better than everybody else so that you can get half as far. That's not even that. That's just, that's just brilliance. That's just brilliance. And, and people are intimidated by that. So yeah, I was going to talk about Ruby Bridges and this whole education system, but now I, I, I'm Keep just. Going. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, 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 no. It's, but it's, just it's imagine okay. the things that Ruby Bridges had to go through. Right. No, exa- that Ruby, Ruby Bridges had to go through then that we are still dealing with now. And I think about, you know, like I said, I was reading um, Shirley Chisholm's book, which I just finished and was like every Every sort of paragraph in the last third of her book was basically her saying what is happening in 2020, like in terms of how racism and sexism are still impacting black women or any women of color, but definitely black women, how our youth are constantly being antagonized and disrespected and harassed by older groups who once upon a time might've been protesting wars themselves are now saying, find your place, you're not good enough or, or wait your turn or worse yet, put you in detention or expel you for something innocuous, <laughs> basically to let you know you're, you don't have a place here in society. If that doesn't get you motivated to get involved and try and change the system, I don't know what is because it's still happening to us. What happened? What ha- and this is a this is a young girl. You know, basically everything like um, how the young people from Little Rock Five and what they had to do with the National Guard, like basically escorting them into a school. While I mean, if you see the images, right? Like that doesn't age well for you. It's 2020. You are pro- somebody has probably seen their grandma or their grandpa in those in those images spitting at and calling and not just men, women, calling these kids all these horrible names. Fast forward to what you were just telling me about. It's literally the same thing. Mm-hmm. Only now they've been allowed to walk into the school. But while you're here, we're going to make sure that you don't ever feel like you're that you that you belong here. At all. I mean, it also, like, if it goes back to, like, my pops. So my pops was, you know, going to school in the 50s. And his his school school desegregated in Oklahoma when he was a sophomore, right? Mm-hmm. So he ended up being, like, the first black player at his school. And mind you, most folks were against it until they saw Brother Man play, right? Mm-hmm. So then everybody in his school loved him. 
<laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> but to a certain extent, right? So like when they made right. the playoffs and they had to travel, he couldn't stay at the hotel with the rest of the team. Wow. Right? So because the, the, the hotel still weren't the way it is. Right. So he hmm. would have to go home with like the cook or the chef or one of the maitre d's or one of the other black employees at the hotel. So he would just go, he'd be driving around, you know, like the 16 year old kid and having to stay at some random stranger's house be, while the rest of the team stayed in the hotel. I mean. And mind you, like his coach was like, Hey, just look, this is what we got to do. I know you're mad, Billy, but you know, and mind you, the coach is already doing a whole lot for right. having a black player at all. And luckily for him, he won. He kept winning state championships, right? Mm-hmm. And, and mind you, like the school is also like a million percent behind him because school's now getting bomb threats and death threats. So all these, all these, you know, white children are actually in danger now because there's a black player on their, on their squad. Right. They're like, and nah, the thing is because the black person is on their squad. No, it's because there are racist people who want to hurt the black person who is, and are angry about the black about person. Being there. Thank you for correcting that. Right. Mm-hmm. But they're like, nah, Willie gonna play. Like we're winning. <laughs> <laughs> they want to get to that state championship bad. <laughs> we gonna let the so, black ones in right. so we they're, can get that championship money. <laughs> right. So they're willing to risk their own children, but they mm-hmm. weren't gonna make a stink about him not being able to stay in a hotel. Um, so that's kind of the whole thing. Like you kind of still love black culture, but not necessarily hundred percent black people, right? So they still right. treat him well when he's at their school, but none of them were going to be like, nah, if you don't let him stay at the hotel, none of us are staying at the hotel. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like, no, it's going to, will it be all right? And you know, he's going to keep playing and we're going to be all right. <laughs> and we're going to keep winning. And there you go. Everybody's <laughs> happy. He gets to play. We get to win. Uh, anyway. So, so back to Ruby Bridges. Um, yeah, I guess I'll just finish her up. So, so at the time board versus um, board versus, Wow. At the time of Brown versus Board of Education. <laughs> At the time of Brown versus Board of Education, right? So this is supposed to de- desegregate, help us desegregate schools and whatnot. Louisiana was dragging its feet, right? And by that time, Ruby Bridges is about five, six years old. What New Orleans decided to, or Louisiana decided to do was, we're going to create this test. And all the black kids are going to have to take this test. And if they pass the test, then they can go in, into these schools. So they made it especially difficult so that nobody would pass this test, right? Well, lo and behold, NAACP calls Ruby Bridges' family and says, well, she's one of six African-American kids who passed the test. <laughs> <laughs> and, they were, and the mom was like, okay, we're going. The dad was like, uh, no, we're not. <laughs> but, you know, as always, mother one out. And she ends up integrating, um, I think it was called the William Fance uh, Elementary School, William Fance um, Elementary School. So, and even that, she didn't start in September like everybody else did, because again, Louisiana was trying to do what number 45 is doing, inundate the uh, court system with a bunch of lawsuits about how this is unconstitutional. Finally, when they exhausted everything two months later in November she was able to integrate the school. Now, how did she get to school? Just like the Little Rock Five, she had to be escorted escorted by uh, federal troops, federal marshals into That's and crazy. out of the school. That's all Every kinds day. of levels of insane. Like imagine just trying to go to school and having to have like the National Guard keep people at bay somewhat. They still, cause they're still getting spit on. They're still getting, hearing all the curses. Like imagine the amount of stress yes. that, and 
trauma that you have to go through. And then you're supposed to be paying attention in school after that, knowing exactly. that as soon as you walk back outside, there's all these people who want to kill you. Oh, they want to kill you. Obviously, a lot of uh, blatant racism, a lot of um, uh, protesting. She apparently one of the things I was reading about her was just talking about how some people were commenting how she never cried. She never whimpered. And 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 unfortunately, that still happens today where there's this like stoicism um, that black women are expected to show even at such a tender age, like hold it all in. That's a good thing. I ain't never scared. Right? Right. She's not allowed to go to the cafeteria with the other kids. She can't go on the playground with the other kids. She has to sit inside a classroom. All of this, all of this insane stuff. And she holds it together. Now I'm sure she is a well-adjusted black woman in this country these days, right? She's, I think she's in her sixties now. But that's an adverse childhood experience. You think? That's trauma on her. You think? You know, exactly. And it's like, that's that's what we're still dealing with now. Yeah, maybe we don't have, um, our schools are segregated, or I mean, are integrated, even though we mm, can tell that there's really segregation though. happening because- They're they're still segregated because cause, cause cities are segregated. The other thing that killed me is, you know, um, Matthew Stafford, who plays for the Lions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was actually surprised. He came out with a really pro-BLM statement and saying that he's learned a lot and blah, blah, blah. So Matthew Stafford grew up in a part of Dallas that has never had a Black student graduate from his high school. There's never been a Black or Latino student in that high school because he grew up in a really wealthy area. When there was a millionaire Black man who went to buy a house in that neighborhood, all the neighbors mm -hmm. got together and outbid him for the house because they, didn't, they wanted to keep it all white. This is where George Bush grew up too. Um, what's the name of it? I forgot the name of it, but anyways. Yeah. So he went playing football, never had a black teammate until he got to Georgia. Never had a black person in his school. Like the students would hold, they were so like ignorant. They would hold protests on black history month saying that they shouldn't have to have black history month because there's no black students there. Hmm on like Latino Heritage Day, like they would show up with leaf blowers as their Good outfits. Grief. Right. So anyways, that's, it, that's it was okay. surprising to me that, I mean, even that might've taken him a long time because now he has a lot of black friends or black coworkers, et cetera. But he had to go probably from a big, huge change in his life to make that statement at this point mm. because he had a very, very sheltered upbringing. But the going going back to my original point was is that schools are still segregated because cities are still segregated because right, of right. redlining and other things that right. cities were purposely made to be segregated. So yeah, school now if you live in a certain like district, like you have to go to that school. But yes. there's so few so few actual cities that are integrated enough where there are actually integrated schools. Most schools are still mostly segregated. Right. And you can tell from the outside, just go, go to any school. Like you can just look at the outside and you're like, oh, okay. I know who goes here. <laughs> that, no, no, no. Come on now. Like you go into a classroom, you go into your school and, and all around you, it doesn't look like anybody cares about the structure. What you, what you think that you think your teachers care about you? Like you're a young kid. Like, what do you know? And like, then you go to another school 
and you see how kids are living, like the classrooms, the the iPads and stuff that they have, the the nice desks and all of that. And you're like, wait a second, what? And you know there are two Americas. What kind of what kind of nonsense are we trying to tell our kids about who they are? You know, like what our society is telling them about who they are. Like I I was talking about the adverse childhood events. Um, Ruby, she uh, one of the stories I read was that when she would eat lunch, she you, she would eat it by herself, and that meant she couldn't go out to to recess, right? So she stopped she stopped eating lunch, and apparently she put them. <laughs> In a, in, a, in a closet in the classroom <laughs> and a janitor found mice and was like, oh, these sandwiches. And he realized what was happening. Teacher found out and the teacher started eating lunch with her so she wouldn't eat by herself. Like, I don't know why the teacher didn't think that in the first place, but okay. She figured out that this chick needs somebody to eat lunch with her. She's six years old. They brought in a counselor. Um, and I need to do some more research on this, but they brought in a counselor to meet with her twice a week. And the counselor volunteered because or therapist um, volunteered because he was like, I don't understand how a girl six years old is handling all of this. Right. I thought that was really interesting. She had her own counselor twice a week for at least the first year of being there. Interesting. Yeah, very, very. I mean, we we need more. I mean, empathic and trauma informed and anti racist counselors in our school system, 100%, but we also need them in the teachers and the administrators. Our school needs system needs an overhaul. I mean, mm-hmm. both pu- public and private. Right. Both public and private. I, I don't know what the, I mean, I was going to say like, okay, today, today's BLM, how does that relate? But I think we've already made our point, <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's still happening. We brought it it's in. We happening. brought it in throughout the whole time. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, you know, it's like this is still happening. No, we don't have federal marshals and the national guard escorting our kids into schools, but we're not trying to make them safe spaces. Yeah, like still, like if you look at like suspensions, expulsions, yeah. all kinds of other things that yeah, black children get punished much more severely for doing the same things as white children. Um, they get Which extends from the tracking, right? So there's still a lot of things, and that's it's kind of the thing that makes it appear that racism doesn't exist anymore, and that it gives people ammunition to say, like, oh, it's not that bad because you know you don't have to have armed marshals anymore. I don't understand mm-hmm. why the black kids aren't succeeding, but no, it makes it harder to exactly define. But it's still there, and it's still palpable. It's calculable. You just have to actually look for it. But if you're a black kid in school, you don't have to look for it because it affects you all the time. Exactly. It affects you all the time. We see it. We know it. Parents hear it and see it in their kids. And they, they too, like, don't always have the answers. I I, I guarantee you, they don't always have the answers. I I just... Yeah. I used to be really confused in middle school because I went to a mostly white middle school. But it would be funny Mm -hmm. because, like, me and the other boys would be playing, like, roughhouse games or whatever and get in trouble. Right. And then I would find myself suspended for a week and they would just be sent back to class. And I was real confused. Yeah. I was real confused back then as to why, but now I kind of understand why. (sighs) (laughs) Can we end on a happy note? Because like that just I that I'm sorry. Like we just do not care about I shouldn't even say we. They do not care about us as humans. Right. They know who they are, so I don't need to define that. 
<laughs> so yeah, one I don't need to find that saying. you can find in 2020 with the Rona and holidays. One tradition that I keep going is I have pie for breakfast on Friday and Saturday. Oh, so, is that your tradition or is that from like a family thing? I mean, that's from my mom. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's probably from us asking for pie in the morning as soon as we woke up. <laughs> <laughs> and then her might, she might have had a little fatigue from cooking because I mean, she would make a ridiculous amount of food for Thanksgiving. Right. So regardless of whether you could go and have, you know, your party of 30 or 40 people, mm-hmm. you can still have leftover pie for breakfast. And also, if you didn't have a bunch of people, there's a lot more pie to go around. So usually by f- Friday afternoon, there was no pie left, maybe by Saturday. And my, also my mm-hmm. mom would make like four pies, mind you. Mm-hmm. But still, they would be gone. So well, the good thing about the Rona is there's a lot less people eating my pie. Um, so I'm going to have pie for breakfast again tomorrow, too. How about that? Wow. How about that? Yeah. Is that supposed lemon, to make me happy? It was lemon meringue, <laughs> by the way. Just FYI. That lemon meringue. I never liked lemon meringue pie. Honest. That's because you ain't never had it made right. No one ever made it right for you. Exactly. Well, I mean, that's what you went with the mac and cheese, right? And the collard greens. <laughs> right. Exactly. See how it is? See how it is? <laughs> I'm so mad at you. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, truth, just though, right? bring me my ribs. I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note <laughs> does your mom eat pork or she don't still don't eat pork no she does not okay, no i'm gonna have to make her i'm gonna have to make her some no beef heck ribs. i don't even eat pork but i'll eat those <laughs> i'm gonna make i'm gonna make your mom some beef ribs you're gonna be like what she'll be very happy about that mm-hmm. i still ain't got my i still ain't got my beef ribs right though i'm gonna have to go ahead and practice okay then don't 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 practice on my mama <laughs> get I mean, it I right taste them before i mean which who you think <laughs> you dealing with i know who i'm dealing with oh my gosh thanks for listening to our little dissection on thanksgiving and the proper way to eat things keep the mac and cheese for the kids leave the collard greens alone and what was the other one? Oh, make sure you have pie for breakfast but anyways also i hope we remember the things in the past so we don't have make the same mistakes in the future so that's the main purpose of being up bringing up blm before is blm a lot of the same criticisms that were used back then are used against us now. Stay woke, keep the fight alive, because we are making progress, but we have a long way to go. And mm-hmm. that's it. Hold it down one time for the West Side. It's your boy Khalil, your girl Chi. We out. Peace.